Welcome to Victory Church's online podcast library. We hope you enjoy this message today. You know, um, the book of Revelation is the book that said that there's a blessing when you read it. You think about, you think about it, you know, words, words carry the anointing, right? Have you ever, anybody, maybe some people can re- recognize this, but I know, I know with me when I first got, when I first got saved, when I first got baptized in the Holy Spirit, when I first experienced the river outpouring in 1994, every time I started talking about it, I started having a sense of, of that on me. There's a sense of that. Communicate, words carry that, that, the, the essence of your, of your experience, unless you're, just, if, unless you're just saying nonsense or you're just speaking out of something you heard somebody else say. But if you're speaking out of your experience, it becomes real in the telling. That's authenticity. It becomes real in the telling. You're telling people what Jesus has done in your life. Now, if that's true, if that's true, and I believe it is, then these books in here are amazing, they're powerful, but they carry the very essence of what was said to these guys. And the book of Revelation is, carries the very essence of, of, of what John experienced when he was on the Isle of Patmos. He says, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's Day. I was in the Spirit on the Lord's Day, and he heard a voice, and he turned around and looked, and he, and he started to describe what he saw. He saw, he saw Jesus in his glorified state, eyes like lightning, face like the sun, shining in its strength. His, his loins were on fire. There was, light, there was a sword coming out of his mouth. He was white. His head was white. His hair was white. He was glo- the glory was shining from him. He caught a glimpse and he was on the, in, the, in, the, in the sand. And then he, he wrote this book out of this revelation. He was caught up into heaven. He heard a voice saying, come up and be with me. And he was caught up into heaven. And he was caught up into heaven and he was shown things and he saw things and he experienced things and he heard things and he was told things. And he recorded some of it in, in the book of Revelation, the t- 22 chapters. And it carries, the very, it carries the very essence of what John experienced. It's still in it. It's still in the book. And when you read it with eyes wide open, it gets all over you. There's a blessing in that book. It's powerful. It will, it will change your worldview. And you'll begin to, t- you know, you're not going to understand the whole thing. There's all kinds of visions and dreams and symbols and all kinds of stuff. But you'll catch glimpses and you'll say, wow, now I, I'm beginning to get what's going on in the earth today. Wow. You, the newspaper will come alive to you. And it'll, 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 it'll rock your political belief system. It's amazing. Anyway, so in this, one of the things, I'm not, I, can't even, I can't even begin to touch the edge of what I, I but the, the, there's names of Jesus revealed in the book of Revelation. There's a lot of them. And I, I want to mention a couple of them to you tonight. And just to, ref, the, in, in those names, it carries a, a revelation of who he is. And the power of that can be, it can, can be quite devastating, in a good way. You can be absolutely undone by revelation of who Christ is. 
So this starts right off the bat, Revelation 1.8. He says, I am the Alpha and I am the Omega, says the Lord, who is, who was, and who is to come, the Almighty. Now, Alpha and the Omega is the first and the last letter of the Greek alphabet. We can, you, could say it, you could say it like this. It do, it's not as... It's not as um, pleasing poetically, but you could say that he, I am the source and the cause of all things. I'm the alpha and the omega. I am the source. What, what does that mean? Everything that is. Everything, everything, everything. You could go to the nth of the universe, the end of the universe, as far as our computer-generated telescopes can peer. They're launched out into outer space. They're out beyond the atmosphere. They're peering as far as they can. And these computer-generated telescopes, hundreds of thousands of light years out into, out into creation. You could go to the end of all of that, every bit of it, every planet, every solar system, every star, every black hole, it all came from him. He's the source of all things, the creator of all things. Let there be light, bam, and it happens. He is almighty God. He is the source of life. He's the source of redemption. He's the source of your, your existence. In him you were fearfully and wonderfully made. He formed you in my, your mother's womb. He breathed into you the breath of life. You were, you, then you were, you were born again at some point in your life when he breathed the very essence of his spirit inside of you. Every good thing and every perfect thing comes from him. He's the source of all things. It all comes from him. He is the alpha. He's the beginning. He's the author. He's the starter of everything in your life. Everything, 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 every good thing and every perfect thing comes from above, comes from the Father of lights. So I would recommend that you become a huge receiver because he's, a lot, he's got a lot to give. A lot to give. And if you're not in a receiving mode, you're not going to get much of anything from him. You have to open up humility. Humility. You must decrease and let him increase in your life. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God and let him flood into you with his, his giftings and giftings. He is, the, he is the source of all things. He's also the cause of all things. Everything exists to, to display and to declare his glory. I had a little thing in this, in this blog um, that I wrote. It says, everything consummates in him. He will finish everything that he started. He's also the cause. Everything exists to display his glory. Moonbeams and rainbows, earthquakes and volcanoes, everything is that is, everything that is displays his, his attributes. We see his beauty in his sunsets. We see his power in the splitting of an atom. We see his creativity in the smallest things like ears, noses, and fingers. Only the fool has blind eyes that is not able to see the glory of God that's all around us. He's the reason. He created a nose to show his greatness, his creativity. Who thought of the sense of smell? Who caused things to smell and then gave you an organ to smell them? 
Who gave a dog a sense of smell a thousand times more powerful than your sense of smell? God did all of that. He's the, he's the, he's the, and it's all to display his creativity, his genius. He's to display how, how smart he is. The power that's in an atom. They discovered how they could split an atom. They thought they were something because they, they created an atomic bomb. Who created atomic power? The atom is the, the, the creative power of God is in everything that is in your fingers, in your hands. When you split it, it blows things to kingdom come. The power of God is on display in his creation. To show his power, to show his wisdom, to show his magnificence. I am. So he's standing there looking at John in his glory. I am the alpha. I am the beginning. I am the source of all things. I am the end. I am the omega. I am the cause. I am the reason. Your testimony exists by me and for me. Your testimony, I got you out of that miserable mess you were in by my power. I did it. I did it. I did it. And I did it so I could show my glory in your testimony. Will you let me show you my glory in your testimony? I am the Alpha and I am the Omega. He says in, in the same chapter, this is right when John first sees him, Revelation 1, verse 4 and 5. He says, John, to the seven churches that are in Asia, grace to you and peace from him who was, this is the opening of the letter, from the, him who is, who was, and who is to come, and from the seven spirits who are before the throne, and from Jesus Christ, he called him the faithful witness. The faithful witness. Now, in John 1.18, in the beginning of John's gospel, he says, no one has seen God at any time, but Jesus has declared him or revealed him or displayed him through his life, through his teaching, through his existence, through his miracles, and now through your testimony. He is the faithful witness. Oh, if you want to know anything about the Father, if you want to know about God and know about the Trinity, entrench yourself in the Gospels. Entrench yourself in the Gospel of John. And then Matthew, Mark, and Luke allow the Gospels to become part of your being because they are the, the testimony of 33 years of the faithful witness. And now his life, his very existence is constantly in a state of revealing and declaring the glory of God. He still is. Put your eyes on Jesus and you'll see the glory of God. He's the radiance of the Father. He's the outshining of his very nature. So he is, everyone say he's the faithful witness. He's the lion and he's the lamb. Revelations 5, verse 5 and 6. John, when he was caught up into heaven, he, in, in, in chapter 4, the beginning of chapter 4, he, he heard a voice that said, come up here. The next moment, he's not on the beach. He's actually standing before the throne. 
He's looking up and he's seeing God, the Son, on the throne of God. And he's seeing the the 24 elders around the throne. And he's seeing the throne being held up by the four seraphim that were saying, holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, the whole earth is filled with his glory. Then he saw a multitude of angels which, which no man could count. And he saw thousands upon thousands upon thousands upon thousands from every tribe and tongue, from every generation around the throne, worshiping God. And this is what he heard one of the elders said to him. One of those 24 elders said to him, weep no more. He began to weep when he saw that. He saw the, he saw this, he saw the, 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 the scroll, the title deed of earth, and no one was found worthy to open up this scroll, and he began to weep and cry. He said, and the elder told him, don't weep anymore. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David has conquered, so he can open the scroll and the seven seals. And between the throne and the four living creatures and among the elders, I saw a lamb standing as though it had been slain. So he looks and he sees the lion and then the lamb and then the lion and then the lamb. He's seeing the the glory of God and the humility and the humanity of God all in one, two, the two essences of our Savior in one being, the lion and the lamb. And he he was blown away by that. As though he had been slain with seven horns and with seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. I have to read this short quote from Jonathan Edwards about this. He says, Christ, as he is God, is infinitely great and high above all. He's the lion. He's higher than the kings of the earth. For he is king of kings and lord of lords. He's higher than the heavens and higher than the highest angels of heaven. This Jesus. So great is he that all men, all kings and princes are as worms of the dust before him. All nations are as the drop in the bucket and are as worms of the dust before him. The the light and the dust of the balance, angels and themselves are nothing before him. He is so high that he's infinitely above any need of us, above our reach, that we cannot cannot be profitable to him, and above our conceptions that we cannot comprehend him. We can't understand this great one. He's beyond our comprehension. It'll take an eternity, and we still won't understand the unfolding greatness of his glory. Yet he he is also one of infinite humility. None are so low or inferior as Christ's condescension when he became a man, the Lamb of God. It's sufficient to take a gracious notice of them. He condescends to take notice. He humbled himself to take notice of beggars and servants and people of the most despised nations. He humbled himself and became a man and served us and walked among us, this one who's higher than the highest heavens. This is the one that John saw. He was blown away by his greatness and his humility all in the same person. That's our God. That's who Jesus is. That's the one we worship. That's why we love him. That's why we follow him. His greatness and his humility beyond anything we can imagine. There's no person that's like this on the earth. He is the lion of the tribe of Judah and the Lamb of God. Wait till you see him for yourself. 
Wait till you see him in his greatness and wait till you see him in his humility. One moment you can sit down and and put your arm around and the next moment you'll be terrified on your face, even in your glorified states. The greatness of our God. Revelations 3.14, give another little glimpse. To the angel of the church in Laodicea writes, the amen. The amen. Everyone say, he's the the amen. He's the final words. He is the final words. He's the first word, and he's, he gets the last word. He's the amen. And you know, can you remember the, the final word that he spoke before he died? It is finished. Conquered. Death has been conquered. Sickness has been conquered. Sin has been conquered. My soul has been conquered. It is finished. He is the amen. He is the almighty. He is the Almighty. Revelations 15, 2 and 3. I saw something like a sea of glass mixed with fire. And those who had been victorious over the beast and his image and the number of his name standing in the sea of glass, holding harps. They were, they were holding harps um, and they sang, holding the harps of God and they sang the song of Moses, the bondservant of God and the song of the Lamb saying, great and marvelous are your works, O Lord, God the Almighty, righteous and true your ways, O King of the nations. As in the Gospel of John, the book of Revelation gives us a glimpse into the unthinkable mystery of the incarnation. Jesus is absolutely a man and at the same time, he's totally God. John brings us into this scene in the throne room, into a scene that is unspeakably holy. The martyrs are worshiping victoriously before the throne and are proclaiming that Jesus Christ is the Almighty God. All power, all authority are displayed in this person, the Son of God. They see him in his power as the Almighty and his sovereignty as ruler over the nations. Even in their death, These are the martyrs in heaven crying out, this is the almighty God. Even in their death, the Lord reigns and his martyrs are victorious. He has all power in all worlds and displays that power especially in his work of redemption. You know, have you thought about it that that all but one of the apostles, they selected a, a one to replace Judas and out of those 12, all but one were martyred. All but one. But they're victorious. They are victorious. They are, they are there before this one, this almighty God. They preached the gospel. They gave their lives for it. And here we are. We're standing on their shoulders in this generation. This is our moment. This is our time. We are serving the all of the almighty God. The power of God displayed through his son is more than sufficient to heal any disease. More than sufficient to break any bondage, to heal any broken heart, to provide above and beyond all that you can ask or think. More than that, he's able to satisfy the deep longing of our empty souls. Join with the martyrs around his throne and sing his praise. He is the almighty and the ruler of the nations. Hallelujah. He is. You know, when you, if you think about it, when you start to sing in the spirit, and you start to sing with your understanding. You start to enter in. When you begin to enter into spirit worship and you, you sense his presence coming over you. 
You sense the anointing of God and you're, you're beginning to sing by the power of the Holy Spirit and you're yielding to that, that flow and you're, you're, in, you're in it, you're in it. What you're actually experiencing is, is a, ta- a little taste of heaven and you're actually singing along with the voices in heaven, joining your voice together with theirs. Singing together with the martyrs that are calling out, Lord, how long, how long? And singing with the seraphim and singing with the angels and singing with the 24 elders and singing with those who've gone before us. Instead of scratching our head and wondering about why things are so bad here on earth. This is the last one. There's about 20 more. I'll just read this last one. This is the very last chapter. We'll skip to the last chapter. Revelation 22, 16, this is the last name that Jesus revealed of himself in the book of Revelation and actually in the Bible. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify to you about these things for the churches. And he actually told them too at the same time, I am am the root and the descendant of David. (laughs) He's still calling himself the descendant of David. He is the king of glory, but he's the son of David. That's how he he totally messed up the Pharisees with that. Who is this guy? Is he the God or is he the son of David? He's absolutely both. That's who he is. His His last proclamation, I am the root and the descendant of David. Then he says, I am the bright and morning star. I, my, the, the fact, his appearance on the earth. His appearance on the earth was the first ray of light of God's new day that's breaking in on us. If you get up early tomorrow morning, if there's no fog and no clouds and you look up, you'll see the bright morning star. Many times you'll see Venus shining real brightly up until the time that the sun begins to make its appearance over the horizon. And the, po- the, the point of that, that prophetic sign, that star is a prophetic sign saying a new day is coming. Wow. That's what it says. Wow. That's what Venus is proclaiming every morning. A new day is about to happen. Get ready. The sun's about to break, break in on the scene. That's what the appearance of the Son of God was. He was the bright and morning star proclaiming the beginning of the gospel day. It's about to break in full on. It's about to break in full on. This, this will be just a distant memory, not, many, not, not, not far from now, when we step into the other side. The day of the Lord. The day of the Lord. The bright and morning star. He is the root of David, and he is the bright and morning star. The day of the Lord is upon us. You know, with Paris has been, she got herself a shofar. She's been learning to blow it back there and the, announcing the prayer times and stuff. And, and um, it's actually, there's two kinds. There's the ram's horn and there's a, a, a kudo, kudo, kudo horn. Kudo horn is an African antelope. It's the biggest antelope that exists. It's a big horn. And the, you, you've ever heard the phrase kudos before? <laughs> Kudos to this guy, kudos to that guy. What it literally means is praise, is what it means. So that's the praise. That's the, that's the horn, it's the blast, the blast of the kudos horn. And you start, so I, 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 I have a feeling that that trumpet blast, the sound of the real, the authentic shofar is about to blast. 
that Paul, that Paul talked about in 1 Thessalonians 4, 16. There's going to be a blast of a trumpet. It's going to, that blast is going to be so outrageous. It's going to blow people right out of their graves. They're going to get blown right out of their graves. And, and suddenly they're going to have their bodies. Their bodies, they're going to be reunited with their spirit that's been with the Lord. Their bodies will be resurrected and they'll be given a body like Jesus. And those that are alive and remain shall be caught up together in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye. At the last moment, a shout and a trumpet blast and everything changes. He'll say it's over with. It's done. He gets the final word. He is the amen. He's the author and the finisher. He's the first and the last. And he does what he wants to do when he wants to do it. In the meantime, we're to occupy till he comes. Take possession of the land. Win souls. Pray for the lost. Reach out to hurting people. Minister to the people that he's brought into your world. Find someone to lay your hands on. Find someone to win to Christ. Find someone to bring to church. Do it. Come on, do it in Jesus' name. Do it in Jesus' name. It's in you. You've You've got the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. It's in you. Stir it up. Stir it up. Stir it up. Stir it up. Let's get on our feet together. Thank you, Lord. Visit our website at www.victorychurchnola.com for service times and more information. 